Welcome back to the Bigger and Harness Podcast. I appreciate you tuning in. We got a fun one for you today. It's I, Jeremy, and B Team. Uh, we're talking about our dream hunting property um, to acquire and to manage and how we'd manage it. Uh, it's fun because Jeremy and I get into a good old argument about what's harder to manage deer, or for me, obviously, is, is waterfowl or ducks in particular. So that's a fun one. You don't want to miss that just because if you know my our past uh, podcast episodes, I like to get after Jeremy as deer hunter. So today's episode is brought to you by Fowl Front. Uh, ben Page is an awesome guy, conservationist mind guy. So he decided to come up for books for children. Uh, he's got one out right now on fowlfront.com. I think it's, I want to say 20 bucks. Um, get on there. It's my first deer hunt. It's awesome. Um, just a great way to get, uh, I think sometimes we, we wait too long to get kids out into the outdoors or at least get them, uh, outdoor minded. And so this is a perfect way to, to start that, uh, positive relationships between your child and the outdoors and, uh, hop on. And the other part is it gives 11% of the, the revenue back to conservation. So awesome purchase. Can't beat it. Go for it and jump on the foulfront.com. Uh, other sponsor for the podcast today is B Hoover Custom Calls. Brent Hoover has been on the podcast. Awesome guy, faith filled. Can't say anything. I, I I can't say anything bad about the guy. Nothing but uh, great great things come from that guy. Uh, not in terms of just him as a person, but also him as call making. If you want to check out some of his calls, go over to Facebook, uh, B Hoover Custom Calls. Check out some of the stuff he made. Uh, made a set of calls for me, actually, for a buddy of mine for his kids. So, can't beat it. Love the sound. Love the calls. Make sure to check him out. And then uh, check out his website, Be Hoover Custom Calls, because he doesn't just do duck calls. He does duke, uh, duck calls, goose calls, deer calls. I want to say he does turkey calls because I own one. And then uh, I think he does predator calls as well. So, he's an artist. Awesome guy. Check it out. All right, guys. Let's jump into the podcast. Welcome back to the Bigger and Hunters podcast, your host, Hunter Dietl. Appreciate you taking time to go ahead and uh, step into the podcast and listen with us. Uh, before we get going here, please rate and review us because you're family and we love you. So show us love because that's what family does. Thank you. <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. I, I tried to make it through all the way without uh, laughing. God, <laughs> uh, but seriously, um, Jeremy, how you doing, buddy? I'm doing good. Co-host Jeremy, it's been Co-host rough. Jeremy. It's rough, rough go, buddy. You're the only guy that seems to kill ducks anymore. Yeah, no, I, I was I actually was thinking about that. Every time I hunt with you guys, I, uh, yeah, we don't do very good. <laughs> but if I go hunt with uh, Jordan or I hunt by myself, <laughs> I just don't get it. I don't yeah. get it. It's luck, like, luck of the draw, draw. I mean, I, it's just this weird. Like you can go one day and just smash ducks in Nebraska, and then the next day you just won't see nothing. Well, I I said this at the beginning of big duck season, in particular after you know teal and how much water we lost during teal. 
you were going to have to hit them. They're, they're going to be here for one day, basically. They're going to stop long enough to rest, maybe find something to eat real quick, and they're probably going to keep going south. Mm-hmm. That's why I think... Uh, that's why I think a lot of those birds that disappeared in South Dakota might be past us already. So, Don't say that. Don't say it. Don't say it. You're probably right. Because <laughs> it's funny because they were like, it's talking to the guy that put us in, in from South Dakota. Because I'm in a lot of waterfowl groups was, they said, you know, we lost a lot of our widgeon and pintails. One, we haven't seen crap for pintails this year seen a ton of widgeon but the pintails have been but that's what he said he's like i think we lost a lot of our widgeon once like we saw a lot of big groups of widgeon in the last week and so did jordan and now Mm -hmm. they're gone yeah so what does that tell you (laughs) a lot of our gray ducks have just but of course then i was talking to there's still a lot up there. I was talking to matty ice and i guess he's got a friend up there just crushing gray ducks in north dakota right now yep Oh, that's what I said. I think there's still more to come. I just think that we usually get like two levels of migration. We get the early, like first couple weeks of October, and then we usually get like second to last week in November or October, and then they kind of roll into November a little I, bit. I usually kill ducks confidently until rifle season. Usually, yep. yep. But no, I think our pin, I think the pintails this year just literally like picked up from South Dakota and just kept flying because I've seen. Some videos of them already in Arkansas, pretty heavy. Yep. So. All right, we'll bring you in, B-Team. What's up, B-Team? Hey. Good old B-Team. So the story on B-Team, you're probably asking your question, why would he he call him B-Team? Because he's B-Team, that's just who he is. B-Team. He's B-Team because he just couldn't make A. Like, he's forever B-Team. How many, like, does this go by likes? How do these work? Like, do people like these podcasts? Like, no, they it's usually like, like it's usually based on downloads. Okay, like so. you talk to like say like Joe Rogan, they talk about how he has like millions of downloads. Oh, okay, or like streams? Is that a thing? Or does it have to go by downloads? Uh, streams would be like something on like YouTube. Oh, okay. I don't put this on YouTube. Yeah, it's on the Jeremy podcast thing. too, but I'm too lazy. Well, I like play it through podcast, and yeah. it streams. It doesn't download it. Oh well. It's just stream download. Okay. So, so if everyone, how many streams for this, for me to get a neon sign in my basement that says B team? How many streams? It's up to neon sign? Why is it up to me? Okay. So our, our best, our best episode we've ever done is Arkansas meth house nightmare. If you guys haven't listened to it, I would because it was a nightmare. It was a nightmare. (laughs) (laughs) It's my nightmare, but it will give you a lot of comedy. So you need to like, you need to listen to it. But it, we got, I think, six or 700 downloads on that episode. Okay. So, so like a thousand? Thousand. Yep. Thousand downloads. Yeah. I get a B-team neon sign. Yep. <laughs> we both know that's not going to happen. Okay, <laughs> everyone, word of mouth, share with your friends. <laughs> do it for, I'll pay for do it. it. Do it for B-team. Do it for <laughs> me. Do it for me, because I can't get away from the name, so I just have to embrace it. <laughs> and I'm decorating so, my basement I currently. <laughs> I want to make it a little more clear here, so... Who you're speaking to is B team. Pat, you know, in the past his name was Drake. He's my brother-in-law, but he's forever gonna be known as B team. 
And like it started out so I'm trying to remember how exactly we got the B team. <laughs> so last year Drake <laughs> Drake finally decided not to play football and you were always playing football in this time frame. Yeah. And Oh, I remember well. Right. So he yeah. started coming with us and like you know the the A team last year was Jeremy and then I hunted with Brad a lot which we've you know things happen people have kids I have a kid whatever. We haven't hunted with this as much, but the A team last year was you, me, and Brad. Mm-hmm. And then or, um, Drake would come with us once in a while, and he'd be like, "Okay, B team's coming," because like when Brad or you couldn't come, like B team, <laughs> yeah, we would invite. We'd invite B team. Well, <laughs> then it just stuck. Like ever since then, you've just been B team. <laughs> and just to clarify, we had a shoot off at the beginning of this year, shooting sporting clays. And it was for whether you were on A team or B team. And, and it I was. was not on B team. I, sec- I secured my spot. So Jer- you know, Jeremy held Jeremy held top of the pack. You know, but close it, second. It B is, team. It is what it is. See, even <laughs> he said his own name. <laughs> even even now, you're just like, yeah. I'm it just team. is what it is. Like I've accepted it. Really, I'm fine with it. That's time, why I want the neon sign. When you have to go in and get your license renewed, <laughs> yeah, you gotta have them put B team as your middle name or something. Like no, that. Like the suffix. Yeah, yeah it's a suffix. B team. <laughs> Oh my gosh! So B team over here, he's been home with us more, and it's, you know B team. I can't decide if your name kind of just is bad luck, like you're the bad luck team. Yeah, I don't know what B stands for at this point. It could be bad luck. I don't know. It it could be for multiple things. I don't know, but it obviously <sighs> has not been going well. Jeez, B team. It's been rough so far, but you know. To keep, better days. Keep on keeping on, buddy. Yep. We'll get you there. We'll get you on a, a, a good hunt, hopefully. Yeah. I'll try. Because <laughs> Lord knows Hunter won't be able to hunt for much longer, so. I know. It's going to be weird. Dude, I have It's never... hard because I feel like I'm dying because everybody's just like, yeah, <laughs> oh, you only have so much time. <laughs> it's, it's over. It's like, thanks, guys. I appreciate it. <laughs> well, the <laughs> weird more? thing for me is I have never hunted waterfowl. Without you. I've yeah. never hunted waterfowl. Well, wait, take that back. The one day Nala got hurt last year. Yeah. That is the one day I have hunted waterfowl without you. And I took your truck. That was weird. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I do remember that. Yeah. Because, like, Nala, yeah, that was a bad night. Yeah, no, that was a horrible Dude, that night. was, okay, there is, obviously, you know now because uh, you got Sky. Yep. Your new puppy. But, like, there was, I've never seen, like, a more sad moment in my life when Nala was just, like, she's just in her, I don't even know what you call it. She got stuff, what do you call that one? Anesthesia. She got anesthesia. So she's just out, She just laying there where it's just, like, high as a kite. And she sits, she sees me get up to go hunting, and she, like, put all of her energy into getting up, like stand up. <laughs> yeah. And in the middle of like trying to stand up, she fell down. Dude, like oh, no. it tore me apart. Like you cannot see like your best friend just like put all of her might into getting up and going hunting with you and just fall down. Do thought like that ter- like right now even tears me up. Yeah. yeah. It's like, oh my God. No, I can imagine. It's just like, God damn. But <laughs> Let's get on a better topic. All right. So today we're going to be talking about your dream hunting property. So each one of us are going to kind of go through like a dream hunting property. 
uh, and kind of give some things that we would want to do to manage said property. And like in the future, we're definitely, what do people think if I get this opportunity? Like, I'm definitely going to get this property, give a property like this eventually, just when. Yeah. Is the question for me. But it's, uh, I guess we'll start out with, I don't know how you want to do this. If you want to go in depth, are we just going to start with where? I think, yeah, let's do that. Let's start with separate questions like where would you do it? And we can all go around and answer. Start with, uh, and then what kind of property that go from there? What do you think? I would say start with the, what your goal species would be. What's your goal species? Okay. You want me to start? I don't care. My goal species, it would def. it's very hard because I love upland. But the nice part is a lot of times upland is you can be involved. Yeah, you can mix water, it in. I would say waterfowl. Duck, I would say ducks in particular. Mm-hmm. Like I would say I love goose hunting and I love shooting geese. But like there's just nothing better than having ducks like just swirl in. Yeah. That's where my heart is. You saw Habitat Flats on Instagram? Yeah. Oh, dude, I just, I love watching his stuff. Yeah. Like it's it's insane the birds that he gets from what he does. I would love to have something like that someday. But what about you? Ducks, geese? No. <laughs> Duck? Are you say, are you gonna say deer right now? Yeah. Oh my. If God. I'm buying a property, I'm managing it for. <laughs> I don't know. Like I think. Stop B-team, it. B team. I think Stop. you might have just no. made a. Hey, don't disrespect <laughs> me uh, like that. Co-host, like. Don't disrespect oh me. Oh my gosh! Like that. I can't believe you just said that right now. <laughs> Look, yeah, I. I have this conversation with Terrell a lot, actually, because we talk about buying property someday, and he's like, oh, we should get a property and make, um, you know, a sweet duck spot. Uh, oh, sorry, my dog walked away while she was supposed to be staying, or I got distracted. Um, I Obviously, my big goal would be to have a property big enough that I could do a little bit of everything. Like, I think that would be sweet because I think if you manage everything properly, a lot of, a lot of it can tie in together really well. But if I get one choice, I'm trying to manage for deer because if you manage for deer properly, the turkeys will show up. And if you do it even properly, like above and beyond, you can actually make some sweet up on game property. I'm managing for deer. <laughs> Look, I just I've I grew up public land hunting. I haven't had private land. Have I hunted private land? Yes. Is it nice? Do I need it? No. I probably would just spend money on leases. So I know. You're so ashamed of me. You poor thing. I just can't believe you. Just can't believe you. Do you want me to do this in a hypothetical that I'm getting a duck property? Because I have that in no, my no, head, No, 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 no. You can, you can I, talk I, about... I, no, you're making us limit s- our silly, species. Silly hey, I don't care. Silly gross deer. Silly gross deer. <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, I don't know why we're limiting species, but... you do. Ooh, we, no, don't, we don't have to. No, no, no. I'm, I'm just... It's more of... We, the we ideal be, species? Be, like, on this podcast. I'm just not a deer hunter. Yeah, no, I totally And I'm just like... Yeah, no, I completely understand that. But I we're we're gonna have a different argument in the future. We'll get there about okay. like 
which is harder to manage. But oh, oh okay, hey, we're, we're oh, just gonna oh. have this out now. All right, no, we'll, we'll, oh, okay, we'll, okay. We'll, we can wait. We can wait. Okay, but okay. <laughs> I can promise you, you're gonna lose that one. Nope. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Think about this for for, now, for deer. Having it now for deer. For deer, all you got to do is put in a food plot. Crap. That's it. No, you're telling me. You got to have water, like creek, and then you put in a food plot. That's it. And don't shoot like the small ones. Like, oh my god! Like that's really, and then shoot some does. Like oh, I'm sorry. Oh you just gotta goodness. shoot some does. Like gotta, my bad. You gotta do t- uh, tree management. You gotta, <laughs> you gotta cut out invasives. Like first of all, invasives. The, like there's invasive plants. Like for instance, like the reason I was so interested in this topic is because me and Dane have been talking about doing some management down on his property, and I just found an absolute wall of what I'm pretty sure is bush honeysuckle. And uh, okay, let's talk about this. Uh, there's like probably I would say there's five. Five shootable deer on Dane's property. Would you say that? Uh, yeah, probably. Five shootable, one like pretty nice deer, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. The hard part I would say about deer hunting, and I will say this, is there's tech. There's usually a part of management that you can't control. And it's your neighbors. Yeah, that's probably the biggest part about deer. But in actual controlling what happens year to year. The management on duck hunting is so much harder. Because, okay, depending on what you do, if you have marshland, I mean, I feel like the problem is, is that you'd have to, you'd have to drain the water. You'd have to manage your levees. You'd have to manage any, or any animals that are attacking your levees. You have to manage and spray for whatever invasive species. You have to replant everything you want in there. And then you have to flood it and then continue to have the water levels that you want. I mean, oh, yeah. I can make a solid argument for all those things for deer hunting, too. Mm, not a, I would say you don't have the, you, you don't have to manage the water levels, though. I don't have to, well, I mean. It de- Ooh, checkmate, baby. <laughs> that is not a checkmate. I don't have to manage water think, levels if I have a creek coming through. This, this is care- You got to be careful here. I'm trying to sit here and understand why you have to necessarily drain the whole marsh. Because in order to replant, you yeah, just kill everything plant, off. Planting is a lot easier if you drain the marsh. Yeah. Um, there are some people that just, which, if I was to manage a duck duck lease, I don't know that I'd completely drain the water because the problem in Nebraska was completely draining is if it dries out, it can crack. And Are we, are we talking... Are we talking about this as in we have to manage a spot in Nebraska? That's the next one. No, I sorry, actually we wanted to get there. That's Yeah. Okay. So based on not being in Nebraska. Well, let's let's figure out what I'll do a heated pond in North Dakota, that's for sure. Let's figure out what B team wants to do. <laughs> All right, B team. Before we argue for forty five minutes. What's the question anymore? Uh what, what is you... the one species that you would Okay, you can do other species, but what's the one species? Like lockdown species that I am trying for. Yeah. That's hard. Bighorn sheep? Yeah, no, I was thinking (laughs) like a neil guy, maybe. Neil guy. Um, A muley? Dude, if I could have some muley property. But that that, that would... I'll give you this. That's all you got to do for mule deer. It would take... Have a little bit of water and plant some alfalfa and drive around at sunset or before sunset. I think the thing... about mule deer that like 
I could never have my own property for mule deer and be satisfied with killing a mule deer there. The thing that fascinates me about mule deer is the idea of going to the mountains and going through the hardest hunt I've ever done in order to kill that mule deer and find that one that like no one's ever seen because it's in a place that no one has ever no one wants to go. I just don't get like, that. That's, wh- that's why I would kill um, mule deer. So I don't care to have them on my property. Well, if they're there, they're there. But I think if there is one species that I want to target to manage, I feel like it might be pheasant. It really might. Hmm. Like, I, I really can't tell you how good it feels to go on a good pheasant hunt. And I think it might be, have to do with the dogs, too. Like, you see a dog lock up on a scent. And you're just chasing it because you know you're about to have a bird fly up. Yeah. Like, it's just, like, that 20 to 30 seconds worth of chasing that dog is, like, it's it's one of the coolest feelings ever. Like, that's kind of why I wanted a hunting dog. And that's why I really want to get a Brittany is because I want that, that like, lock up murder dog that wants that bird. I get that. But I also, that. I don't know. I don't know. I would say, I will say, like, Managing, managing for pheasants. Yeah, it's easier. You don't really have to do that much. You yeah. plant grass, not water perfect. for them. That'd be perfect. Be, other than uh, a lot of predator control. Yeah, I could see that. Predator control is kind of a big thing, but I also love coyote hunting. And you know, I know it's not legal to hunt red tail hawks, but I, you know, try and find loopholes. Is there any way to do a loophole around that? I want to say. No. <sighs> If I made it a business, you can, maybe you can get nuisance it, tags. Via, yeah, if yeah. You get business tags. Yeah, you would have to basically. So you guys are gonna pay me to come kill birds so I can get a tag to kill hawks. <laughs> what I if if I was to do it, what I would do is alongside managing my uh, farm for pheasants, I would grow pheasants. Because yeah. if you're growing pheasants, you could get a. T- I bet you could get a permit pretty easily for hawks. Yeah, that's fair. Because um, what a lot of times will happen is those hawks will fly and then their pheasants get up and they'll come and grab their head and then eat their head. Yeah. No, exactly. I mean, how many did we see last year when we were hunting over Thanksgiving that the heads had just been grabbed? Oh, gosh. Six or seven. Oh, yeah, we just found a bunch of just, and it's all that was eaten with the head. I mean, some a lot of those are injured ones that they got, but I'm sure that they picked off live ones too. Yeah. It's just so. nuts to me. I will tell you, though, like, hawks are a cool animal. I think they're sweet. They look cool, but they really mess they up. They need to die. They really mess up populations of stuff that I really like. I just think that I understand why they put them as endangered species because, you know, early on when they came out with pesticides and herbicides, everything was eaten in it, and then they would die, and then the hawk would eat it, and it would die. You know, like it. Hot, you know, like eagles used to be an endangered species, but they are no longer an endangered species because there's so yeah. many of them. I don't think hawks are there either. And so it's getting to the point where they're just, they're going to get to the point where they're killing everything off, which I think we're at that time. No, I... Uh, we're so beyond that time of predators. Like, there's so many predators You know, right you now. can kill coons, you can kill possums, like... Well, but when it comes to upland species, your biggest... For past hatch yep. issue is birds of prey. Yep. It's not because they look down. I mean, yeah, don't get me wrong. There's coyotes. They're probably really, really good at catching pheasants. She might have to go outside. 
But here, you guys keep talking. I'm going to let her outside real quick. Well, so <clears throat> listening to, during the summer, I listened to uh, one of the episodes on the Meat Eater podcast talking about um, ducks and how the predators are just ridiculously out of control. Yep. And I don't want to butcher this because I think I remember the statistic, but it was long enough that I question it. So I hope that I'm correct. But it was found that in wetlands, in the ones that they surveyed and they started trapping, yep. uh, whatever group it was, 1% of duck nests had a successful hatch. And a successful hatch was defined as a single egg hatching. Yep. 1% made it. Had one egg of like six on average probably in a yep. nest. One hatched. 1% of them had that. And then they started trapping the area around the nest, yep. and they got it up to 24% success rate. And if that doesn't tell you that our predator number is out of control, I do not know what will. See, the, the biggest problem they have with predator control, especially in wetland species up there, is raccoons. Well, yeah, that's exactly hawks, what it is. Hawks aren't as uh, but it's just as like bad a, up north, but they, man, they just... Yeah, it's just a whole combination of animals, but like possums and raccoons are the biggest issues we have here. Like, there's something that people don't talk about, but you know, people the conversation is starting to turn now. But you know, the turkey population is plummeting, yeah. especially in Nebraska. I think they said it was down as like four or as far down as like forty percent. Yeah, in yeah, Nebraska, yeah. but I didn't. I didn't think about this until I started, like, Googling predators. Mm-hmm. What are the main predators of turkeys, especially turkey poults? Guess. It's a an animal of flies. Um, doves. <laughs> <laughs> Owls. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. For real. I never thought about that. Wait, but for, for but real. Like, they're, they're like... They're not killing a full-size turkey. No, but like turkey poults. Oh, okay, okay. That's yeah. crazy. But the the other thing is, is they also go after their eggs. Yeah, yeah. So one of the biggest problems that hens have is that there's so much pressure on them when they're on their on their eggs that they eventually just bail out and leave yeah. their eggs. So like, Duh. especially like raccoons, mm-hmm. one, owls, two. Like, mm-hmm. what do? You, you got to think of like... Well, you also okay, got to think coyotes. Yeah. Well, you think like, okay, a turkey pole or a turkey that's laying eggs, like... Oh, well. I mean, I eventually guess. you get so much pressure that you just like bail out. Yeah, no, they and get So that's why there. turkey success for nesting is so far down. Yeah, no, that's completely it. Well, that's how... See, there's this, like, the fight or flight response and just like the motherhood response in general. Like, it's fight till you can't, but... A lot of animals are not equipped to fight, like a, yeah. like a turkey versus a coon. I don't I don't see that going. Like it, they're <laughs> gonna, they're gonna like full on brawl, but a turkey's not just gonna sit there and take it from a coon. I don't think a turkey's gonna kill a coon. No, they're just gonna put pressure on them until eventually they they're like outnumbered probably or some some extent where they're just like I gotta go. Like there's yeah. just it's just not worth it anymore. Yep. Or they wait because that turkey's got to go feed or something like that, and then they steal them when they're feeding probably. Yeah. You know, there's just this. Coons will kill turkeys. Yeah. Like, it's, how, not, it's not common, but they will. Well, we're just talking about, bringing it back in the conversation, we're talking about how success rates on nesting in terms of, like, 
ducks. Uh, talk about ducks, upland species, turkey species. All have struggled because there's such a massive predator issue that the success rates are falling in all of those categories because they're prey animals and there's too many predators. Yeah. And talking about how the success rates in Nebraska for turkeys is way down because the owl population and the coon population is just out of whack. Yeah, and of course, a lot of people say that it's due to the um, land, saying a lot of land has disappeared, but I... When, like, <clears throat> I look at Dane's property, that's the big big property that I'm looking at so far, and you drive around and you see enough coons, you probably fill a truck bed of coons. Yeah. I think that's why a lot of our turkeys are disappearing. Well, also, you got to think agricultural land. Like, it is perfectly designed for a coon. Yeah, no, it absolutely. It is not designed for anything How else. many coons do you see that are small anymore? All of the coons in Nebraska look like butterballs because they're <laughs> eating corn yeah. all day long. And then in the spring, they just, coons, I mean, they're really good at finding eggs. It's one of their main spring diets, like, from the months of April and May. Like, mm-hmm. several different types of birds, whether it's turkeys, pheasants, quail, all that. Possums are not as bad, but they do eat them. Skunks are pretty bad, too. But yeah. our skunk our skunk population really isn't that mm-hmm. crazy in Nebraska. Not, I definitely think that coons are our main thing for eggs. Yep. Yeah, but well, our coon population is just ramp. Oh, coon's not worth anything anymore. You got to really, yeah. you got. I mean, I honestly wish that the game and parks would do two two things. They would open up coons to year round, like they have for coyotes. And then on top of that, I almost wish they would have some kind of bounty. Yeah, I they, wish they would do. They oh, where <laughs> was it? There's a place that's testing. I want to say it's South Dakota that's opening a youth coon season thing where yeah, they can it's all predators it's all predators in general yeah, yeah there's like a bounty for youth and yep. they can make up to i think like two hundred dollars or something like that yep. um if they bring in the pelt or they just bring in the full-size thing and the game and parks is trying to yep. get that going for youth which is mm-hmm. kind of cool They're, we'll see how that goes i think this is the first year they're implementing that so we'll see how that runs that'd be cool yeah i think that that's definitely i mean it's a twofold i think one of the biggest problems we have and this is something a post that came up because, okay, nuance this issue, but, like, okay, Instagram, somebody posted, it was Matt, but there's a coyote and a guy taking a picture of a coyote in a trap, right? Mm-hmm. And it talks about, you know, if that guy went and showed, you know, say a mother in a neighborhood with two kids, that picture, what does she see? She sees Fido, muddy, trapped, and mm-hmm. upset and in pain. To us as hunters, we see a coyote that is destroyed. Probably deer, uh-huh. upland, duck, anything they could scavenge for has killed it. Mm-hmm. So we see it as a way that we're saving other species or species and conserving them, whereas she just sees it as Fido, yeah, you know, your background backyard dog that has died. And so there's been such a negative connotation on trapping especially to where there aren't a lot of kids that are especially get especially kids not getting into trapping. Yeah. Well, trapping is one a ridiculous amount of work. Yeah. Like I have trapped for one month of my entire life and I had a blast, but the effort that went into it was ridiculous, especially for the rewards that I gained. Now, long story short, I was not good at it. 
yeah. obviously. So that that had a large portion to do with it. But it is so much effort. And most kids, like, honestly, most people these days don't want to put in that effort, even adults. But also, the thing that I struggled with was there were so many private farms that were just like, ah, I don't want traps on my property. They just didn't want traps on their property. They were totally yeah. cool if I went out and coyote hunted with a call. Yeah. But no trapping. And I was mm-hmm. like, well, okay. I get it to a certain extent. Because they're like, well, what if my dog runs or something like that? You know, I yeah. get it to a certain extent. But a lot of people, they just, I think a lot of people don't know much about it anymore. And yeah. they uh, they didn't do it uh, growing up or something like that. You know, they just didn't see it much. So they're just a little like, oh, that seems kind of cruel. You know, things like that. But it's yeah. kind of, an, that's how like most predators are taken out. Trapping. Like it's really difficult to hunt out with a call. So hard. By well, the way, East, it was ten dollars per is. tail. Is the South Dakota thing? It's ten dollars per tail. Yeah, but okay. And it's you know when you tip, typically think about somebody who traps, it's somebody who lives lives on a property and traps their property. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not somebody that goes out like every day or two. You know, oh, yeah, and has to drive half an hour to go check their traps. Like, you know what I not. think? Okay, coming back to kind of circling around to ideal farmland will be sweet. Is having an acreage in like Oklahoma where you could trap pigs. I've always thought that that would be cool. Uh, I don't want anything to do with pigs. No, miss me on pigs. They're so destructive, and actually, they're way smarter than people give them credit for. No, that's fine. They will attack you. Yeah, Yeah, you trap them, kill them. My dad had a slaughterhouse and donate all the meat. Why not? Dad had one, or my dad had one in Oklahoma, middle of town, like pretty good sized town, twenty five thousand. He was walking out of his ho- hotel and the javelina was hanging out by the trash can eating trash and beeline right at him. Like oh, almost got him. In Oklahoma? Yeah. It was yeah. a javelina? Mm-hmm. That's really like the far. Little, like the little tiny thing? Yes. That's really far north. Those things are crazy. Yeah. Huh. Have you seen people hunt those? Yeah. They respond to a call yeah. insanely. Yeah, they it are so aggressive. They're such aggressive animals. Yeah. It's kind of cool though. I would actually do a javelina hunt. Can we go on a javelina hunt sometime? These people that try they're and shoot really them really cheap. Yeah, really? they are. They're Ooh. they're kind of nuisance. Most people don't like them. Oh, let's yeah, go on a I, I don't even think, think in Texas and Oklahoma you even have to have a, a tag. You just you go just go them. rip them. Well, that's just how, I mean that's how normal pigs are. So I guess I think that's kind of how they treat a lot of invasive invasive species in well, those have states. Javelinas are barely invasive. They come from Mexico. Like yeah, they're. It's a wild hogs mostly. Yeah, yeah, it's like the North American version of a wild hog. Yeah. Um, so, wild hogs. Okay. So you, you said a upland deer. You said deer, and I said waterfowl. Mm-hmm. All right. Let's talk about where Drake can go first this time. Like oh. anywhere in the country, I guess anywhere in the world. But oh, I wouldn't. I'm gonna be honest. I don't know a ton about like how pheasant survive in the cold and things like that. Um. They're, I mean, they're they hard. through everything. Yeah. They're pretty hardy. I mean, yeah. your two popular states are South Dakota and North Dakota, so. Yeah, okay. And Montana. Okay, that's exactly where I'd go then. Montana. Really? For sure. I, honestly, if I was doing an upland game, I probably would do somewhere out west because you could get, further west you go, you get grouse and you get yeah, partridge cool. and uh, grouse are a little, or uh, sorry, Quail can be a little easier in some of those states. I mean, if you're just looking straight up pheasants, I probably would just do South Dakota. I know it sounds basic, but 
South Dakota has such good programs to help. They really do. Um, But then if I, you know, lived in Montana, I could hunt all of the cool stuff in Montana as well. I'm not disagreeing with that. Like, that is another... You think I'd have to manage bear from killing my pheasants? No. No, because if you're doing pheasants, you're probably in the lowlands. Yeah. Um, You're not going to see bears down there that often. Had to be wild, but they're really probably trying to get in your house, not yeah. trying to get your pheasants. They're too lazy to get. I actually to don't. Do that. Yeah, bears may not be fast enough or stealthy enough to catch pheasants. Care. You would see one, probably sniff one up, but as soon as the pheasant flew off, he'd be like, "Yeah, he'd look at it like, what the hell is that?" <laughs> <laughs> All right, Jeremy, you're up. Uh, uh, when it comes to deer, man, are you doing whitetail or are you doing mule deer? I would do whitetail because there's a lot more, like... Or Sitka blacktail. <laughs> Sitka. Or Sitka. Uh, no, I, w- I would do whitetail. I think there's more challenge that goes into whitetail. A lot more pieces. I mean, I'm not saying that mule deer are just basic, but really, you you can manage a pretty good mule deer population with exactly what you said. If you had a 1,000 acres of ranch land with rolling hills a couple deep valleys basically and then a couple alfalfa fields and water like <laughs> it wouldn't be that hard i'll give you meal deer pretty easy um but man i know it's my home state but i just i i because of it's what i've seen is what i've grown up i'd love to figure out managing a really good property on in nebraska because nebraska is actually really a sleeper state when it comes to deer size um, it's just, Ooh. oh my gosh, it's just when it comes to, uh, regulations and whatnot, we're very liberal on our, uh, deer, ta- deer tags and, uh, everybody in this state shoots anything too and younger. I mean, I know that the game and parks would like to hide it and make it seem like it doesn't happen, but it does. So. It's not like deer don't get to that great age, and if I had a good property, that or <laughs> that or honestly Iowa. I was gonna say if I had <laughs> one, if I had one state to pick, it'd be Iowa. And the reason I I said that is because when you're talking about we're having the argument about managing, that's the biggest part about deer populations that is just so rough. Is the neighbors? Is the neighbors? Yep. No, I agree. Which you do have a lot. Iowa, everyone that hunts Iowa, even the public land hunters, it's like, how big can we get these deer? Like, yeah. it's crazy. Because um, that's, that's a weird part is like, I, don't, I guess I just don't know where the mental shift is because in Iowa, they're just like, if they don't if they don't see something big, they just let it walk. You know what part of it is, is in Iowa, you get one buck. Yep. Private landowners now, I believe, can get a second one somehow. Um, but at least for the longest time, everybody only got one deer. And so you either were just like, oh, I'm going to shoot the biggest thing that I can, or my season's going to be really short. Yep. See, that's a weird part about the sentiment is like Western Nebraska is that sentiment. Like every time you shoot a buck, they just want to shoot a buck bigger than last time. So a lot of times people will just not shoot a buck. And if they really want like, food for their freezer, they just shoot a doe. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They'll just go go out there and shoot a big doe. So that, like, out 
out western Nebraska, they're, I know people who have shot a lot of big deer. Mm-hmm. And so, I just, I don't get the eastern side of the state. I really don't. Well, it's a lot of people. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's just higher pressure. Yeah, higher pressure, know. a lot of people. Um, it's just a culture thing, because if you just shot does, and well, it would have bigger duck bucks, but that... Well, you also got to think, like, Lincoln and Omaha have a lot of people that only hunt deer, and that is it. On and rifle yeah. season. Yeah. yeah, for nine and days of the year. Yeah, that's all they do. And oh, my god, They don't... They I'm don't sorry. necessarily like, care just, that much. Rifle season should just go away. You think we should that go is, That is the other part about shotgun? Iowa. Is it? No. Mm. Black powder. Oh. That's it? Black powder. Well, like, okay, you should have be you should be able to have early bow season. Yeah. Black powder. And then late season doe rifle. I think we need to I if it was me, I would split the muzzleloader season in half and the first half of muzzleloader would be where our rifle season is now. Yeah. Because part of the reason so many it, it, it is based upon the year when the rut falls, but our rifle season is smack dab in the middle of the rut. No, I I agree. It and really I, sucks. I think that we like our population takes a pretty good hit, the Bucks in particular, because of that. I think it should be first week of December, um, personally, but because like Kansas does that, and Kansas is a sleeper state. Yep. Kansas has some big deer. Not enough to where I would love to manage Kansas because Kansas can get, just like Nebraska, can get really dry. But um, I I wouldn't. That's the other part about Iowa is they are just like, even what they do allow you to use for rifles are low-powered powered rifles, like your Straight 450. Straight cartridge. 450 Bushmasters, 350 Legend. I mean, you could use a 4570 Government if you want. You could use a 4570, which if you're shooting that at a deer, you <laughs> must hate them. <laughs> but um, yeah, it, 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 they are just now, and like that is something they've done in the last couple of years. And for decades, it's been just muzzleloader and shotgun. And I'll tell you what, even like muzzleloader, there is a good level of difficulty. But shotguns, I don't think people realize how hard it is to kill a deer with a shotgun. Yeah. Like, I mean, you. I would say, I would almost make the argument that a crossbow is more lethal than a shotgun in terms of, like, the ability to kill. Uh. I think the problem is. I think the problem is. Let's let's say the effective range of a shotgun. Of a one ounce slug. Of a, it, it depends on rifled what, barreled shotgun. Depends on whether they're using buckshot or a slug. Um, if oh, it's a slug, I would oh. I would I'd say you probably push to sixty to seventy five. Grand Thumb actually did a YouTube video on this and I watched it. With a shotgun he, or yeah, with a shotgun. He used a I think it was a Benelli M four. He wanted to find the deadly range of a one ounce slug, buckshot, and then birdshot. Mm-hmm. On a human. Oh. That, that's that's what we're. He used a ballistic gel, human. Okay, mm-hmm. one ounce slug, hundred. I I want to say it was one hundred fifty yards. On a human being, I can see that. You think deer are that much stiffer than a human that you couldn't kill one at a hundred? Yes. You don't their, think their ribs oh. are softer? I think you could mo- you can maul a deer at one hundred twenty five with a rifle barrel shotgun. You could not do that with a crossbow. 
you could probably hit it. If you hit it, it would probably hurt it. Well, you got to think but like a, thing, a, a nice crossbow. A nice crossbow, you could probably get 90 pounds. Oh, 90. way more than that. Really? Yeah, I think my oh, uncle's was like my dad, 300. My dad's is 175. Yeah. I think my uncle's was 300 oh, that we shot. It was crossbow. Nuts. Crossbows are stupid. Fa- like, yeah. The draw weight on them, like a lot of them now, like you have a crank option. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> my uncle's, you uh, squat with. Like it has a levy lever system yeah, on it, and you have to squat is. with it. This is so bullshit. What <laughs> it says the effective range is about forty yards. Well, for most people, maybe that's what it should be. Yeah. Well, but there's no, people. I don't know. I take a sixty-yard th- shot with a crossbow right now. I would feel comfortable at sixty. I don't know that I whitetail move too fast. Anything past thirty-five on a whitetail is so. Just give them the old. <laughs> well, stop but, on a dime. Yeah. No, no, no. I'm talking, but their reaction times. Like you stop them and they're paying attention to you, that, they they're liable to to duck that arrow or to jump it. That arrow, if you're shooting a three hundred pound crossbow, that arrow is flying probably. I I guess I don't want to take a shot, but I'm gonna forty. Say, they're not gonna know what's coming, but what? sixty, I could see a white tail jumping. I could see well, it. It might shift out a little, but that thing's gonna be flying. I want to say like five hundred fps. So like my bow, I shoot sixty five. I'm. I'm pushing like 280 out the off the bow. You know, continue yeah. that. Yeah. Continue that out to 40 yards. I mean, it's gets rougher and rougher the further you get out, yeah. but um but that's just a regular compound bow. I don't know. I'm doing a little research. I, don't know. I just I what? But eh, I, I the big reason I disagree on the shotgun versus the crossbow or like I would I would potentially give the crossbow a little bit of a leg up is because a lot of people do deer drives with shotguns. Mm. That's the one thing like Iowa's and Nebraska, there's a fair amount of it too, don't get me wrong. But Iowa still does it. It's like it's like a culture out there. Um I mean, there's probably more wounded deer each year because of buckshot out yeah. <laughs> and like Nebraska outlawed buckshot for a reason. Like when it comes to deer hunting, they, see that's a weird part. Is like there's a lot, a lot more formal, I should say, like a lot more formal deer drives. They happen a lot in Nebraska, but it's usually a, a lot of times as a kid, I did this actually, so I know. I like killed they, my first deer on a deer drive. So like you, you tell your kid walk down this, and you're just sitting at the mm-hmm. top of the ridge, yeah. like waiting for a deer <laughs> to pop out. Right. Like yeah. <laughs> Question: Is deer driving illegal in Nebraska? No, it's not. No, it's not. I don't know that you could ever make something like that illegal because it would be too hard to manage. Monitor. Yeah. How would you ever legally be able to like a a son just walking through there? Like, oh, yeah. No, reinforcement would be an issue. But I know states have it illegal. Like there are states that it's illegal to drive deer. Mm. Some states that's the only way you can. Yeah. Kill deer. Like the, they don't south, allow you to. the southeast. No, no. Like you can't okay. Okay. sit in trees, but like in the southeast, there's certain areas that's so thick that yeah. like it's big in Georgia and the Carolinas. I mean, it's. Yeah, I think it's like South Carolina. They do deer drop or uh, deer drives with like muskets. Yeah. Um. There's also, I want to say I, Indiana. Indiana's got a pretty big musket season. Yeah. yeah. Uh, I think. Oh, I don't want to butcher that either. I want to say Colorado has one. I don't know. Has a musket season. I just there's a meat eater episode on Netflix Ooh. that yeah, it's that was really cool about that. I really want one of those. A musket? Yeah, mm. dude. Shooting. I will tell you of all the guns I own, 
my favorite gun to shoot is probably that muzzleloader. I love it. I could deal that. It's so fun. It's so fun. Brad got a muzzleloader. I convinced him in one hunt. <laughs> I told that. <laughs> I'm surprised Weird. Brad didn't own one. Yeah, yeah me, me too, too, actually. But he was like, yeah, I've thought about it the last couple of years, and I literally went, you should do it. Two days later, he sends me a picture of his new muzzleloader. I'm like, yeah. oh, that well, was quick. They're not that expensive. <laughs> oh, and you can get, like, a nice one for... Dude, there are muzzleloaders, though, that are effective out to, like, 400 yards now. Yeah, he couldn't um, convince me to do that. My cap, like... I would not 200. rip the trigger, but there was there's a marksman that was shooting a muzzleloader and hitting, um, like, a... 12 inch by 12 inch chunk of steel at 700 yards oh i believe it consistently i mean there used to be a, a sh- show on the outdoor channel of these guys i think it was like long range hunting or something like that and these guys on several occasions were shooting animals with muzzleloaders at way further than they should have in my opinion yeah i wouldn't shoot past 100 probably really i've shot um, a, i've shot a couple of deer at 150 yeah, I was going to say, I'd be comfortable up to 150, but it depends on how many grains you're using. See, I, th- I, I push one, I shoot 150. You shoot yeah. 150. I shoot 125 out of mine. But I'm thinking about pushing up to 150, but the thing that scared me is that uh, muzzleloader that I have, there was, there for a minute, it's a Kodak muzzleloader, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, and a couple of them blew up on people because they pushed the grain too Yeah, high. technically, like, 150 Stay is the, 150 is the max for my muzzleloader. Yeah. Um, and I've been, I've been thinking about going to loose powder. So if I did that, I'd probably drop to like 125 or 130. Oh, do you use the, uh, I've been using pellets, the pellets that I, so I do 125 a loose. Yeah. So much better. It's pellets. That's what I've been told. But but the big thing with the pellets that people like neglect to do while we're really going on a tirade or a ramp, just all over the place tonight. Um, the big thing with the pellets is people forget you got to get that first pellet smashed as good as you can so that it actually ignites because if you're getting hang fires, it's barely igniting. It's too compacted. You got to really get the fire going in there. But this being said, I've been thinking about going to loose powder because I still like, I get a lot of residue from the pellets because there's just a lot that doesn't get burned. And I've seen, mixed shots like yeah even doing everything right because technically you're supposed to clean your muzzle loader after every shot if you want to have a yeah. good a good well, grouping so now somebody can tell either of you they can get in contact with you and they hear this and they say this is really stupid but my uncle when he shot me how to shoot a muzzle loader he brought a bottle of windex like a small bottle of windex and uh every, between every shot he goes what you do is you you take the cleaning brass um, like the brass, uh, I don't know what, what do you want to call it? The, mm-hmm. it's I like, know, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. Just the, a the cleaning brass, rod. Yeah. And you, um, wrap it in one of the towels, whatever. And then you dip it in that Windex and you run that through it. And the Windex evaporates really fast. Uh-huh. So it goes away and it cleans so well to where I, I fully clean my muzzle loader every time I get done shooting it just, just to not have issues. But in between shots, I do that. And I, I don't do that in the field, but I do that when I'm like target shooting, and it keeps my it keeps my accuracy way more dialed in because I don't have any. See, yeah, I don't do anything like that, but I just push I just push my cleaning rod through it. Do uh, so does your um? See, mine has like a the breech plug. Yeah. 
Yours has a breech plug? Uh-huh, I unscrew yeah. the breech plug. and You I, unscrew the breech plug every shot? Mm-hmm. I, really? I, like, yeah, I clean it. This is when I'm trying to get it dialed in. If I'm okay. in the if I'm in the field, I mean the chances of shooting more than twice in the field yeah. is pretty low. And if I like I'll carry a small cleaning kit with me if yeah. I am having a day where for some where for some reason, yeah. Where for some reason I shoot that scared me. <laughs> uh if I have a day where I shoot more than twice or something like that, I'll clean it real quick in the field. Or yeah. that usually means that I might be trying to do like some wind bumps. Like light drives with some friends, cause I'll do that with muzzle loaders, or like I'll I'll get downwind of stuff and try and walk up on something, but I'll keep it keep a cleaning kit in the truck. But yeah. no, if I'm trying to sight it in, and I'm trying to make sure I'm dialed. I clean it after every round, pretty much. Yeah. All right, let's get it back on target here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. sorry. Okay, reel it in real quick. <laughs> All right, let's see. If I had a place to choose anywhere in America where I would do it, this is, you know what, Jeremy, I'm gonna I'm gonna see if you can guess which which state I would do. You for ducks? Yep. Uh, I feel like you'd do something off the wall. <laughs> <laughs> you like to shoot mallards too much. Idaho, Washington. I was close. What's that face for, Drake? <clears throat> I would do. Wa- I would. You had to do. You did had to do West Washington. You got to get on the coast. But yes, I, sir. I could. I yeah. I would do Washington. You seem to bring up Arkansas a lot when we talk about ducks. Ah, like Arkansas, land. it and ruined it. I'm not gonna lie. Also. I'm. I'm gonna be straight with you. Like that. That experience for me. <laughs> it really did ruin things for yeah. me. Then you also talk about Maine, and I was like thinking maybe Maine for sea ducks. Yeah, I'm not that big into going out in the ocean. Yeah, no, I I kind of was banking away from that, but Washington was kind of out of left field. I'm gonna be honest. Uh, the reason I say that is because they actually the Western United States has a really really healthy population of ducks. Probably even as healthy this year. They're down more because a lot of California was out of water. But other than that, like most years, their populations are actually healthier than Central. Really? Because there's so many of them that breed in well, California. You get you get seven birds out there, too. Seven birds. Uh, mallard population is very healthy. Widgeon population is, like, super healthy out there. It's pintail. They're good, too. Yep. The main three, the fun ones. Yep. I don't know about pintails, no. but they have a lot of spoonies. Like, a lot <laughs> of spoonies. Yeah. Like, a lot of them. You'd, you'd get you'd get a mounter, like I'd have a lot of mounters. Oh, okay, <laughs> yeah, buddy. <laughs> I'd want to. I want to get like the evolution of, of spoonies, like everywhere <laughs> from just as ugly as ugly possible, as possible <laughs> to <laughs> perfect. How many do you think it's gonna be? It's how, good. Ma- how many till you're satisfied? How uh, many spoonies? I don't know, man. I think at least seven. Seven. I was gonna yeah, say. I think, I, think, I think there's a lot of phases that you could see with a spoonie. Like, if you're gonna shoot one that's got like the, you know, the chest early on, yeah, and then you're gonna get one that's starting to get a little bit of blue and white on its neck and head, yeah. Then you'll get one that starts to get the wings and the chest really, really good. Like, and, and then would, then it's all about getting the ones that are progressing up the back because the back is where they seem to struggle. Yeah, right there where the neck, the base of the neck goes into the shoulders, basically. So I would have them pivoted like this, like they're coming into decoys. (laughs) Each one of them is going to be the same, like every single one of them. And then like 
if I have a podcast room, I want the whole like top of the wall just to be one line, <laughs> one of, line, spoon- of, one line of spoonies. <laughs> no, that'd be legit. Oh, gosh. And then I would have like I'd have a sign underneath of it like Spoonville USA. Spoonville. Oh, okay. Welcome that's what that's what you call your place. Spoonville USA. Welcome. Welcome to Spooners. Would Lane. you have? <laughs> <laughs> you have like a giant ranch sign? Yeah. Yeah. No, I would too. With a big little spoony head on it. Sure, sure. <laughs> Spoonville, USA. No, but I would manage a property up there because, like... Water would be easy. Yeah, very easy. And, like... Actually, it'd almost be, like... Almost hard. Yeah, I would actually... <laughs> You'd probably struggle with water because of how wet it is. But if you ever really get the chance, like... There's a few guys that really like just melee birds up there, and it is like it's almost like hurting. It it's almost hurting to see how many birds they just waylay up there. <laughs> but Hunter, you Hunter get, doesn't like to watch other people shoot birds. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> he loves to see that other people shot birds if he shot birds. Uh, I don't know yeah. about that either. I like watching it. I just sometimes it's hard for me, and I'm not gonna lie. Like, I think this year is harder than most. Like in past years, I really haven't thought about traveling as much. And then I got to where like, okay, I'm willing to travel. I I, I take this back. Uh, three or four years ago, I got to where like, okay, I'm willing to like drive around Nebraska to look for ducks and like scout really hard. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then, you know, I got to where. You know, 2018, 2019 had some good years because of the amount of water, because there was a lot of water around. You know, 2020 showed around, like, we had a pretty decent season. And then last year, like, it just, it, water went away. And it yeah. it gets to where, like, if you are in an area that doesn't have water, you could scout a lot and you can find holes of birds. Like I think Jordan has done an amazing job this year finding holes of birds on certain days mm-hmm. and doing really well. But something that's taught me and kind of opened up my eyes is like you can do whatever you want. But what if you go to a spot like the Sand Hills? Crap ton of birds, low pressure. It just makes duck hunting so much easier. No, I completely- it just I, you know, I grew up in western Nebraska where there was just, you know, certain certain parts of the year when I got really cold, there was just mallards everywhere. Yeah. And it was, e- they were easy to kill, they decoyed well, and like, it was just easy to duck on. And you think about that and you're like, why don't you just start driving where the ducks are now? <laughs> yeah, no, I <laughs> Instead get of that. trying to fight this battle, like on this week where it's just going to be trashed to duck on Nebraska... Why why can't I just go to North Dakota? <laughs> yeah. Oh wait, now I have a kid. I can't suck it. Yeah, you made a mistake. No, no, you didn't. But no, I fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> 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 Sorry if you're a child listening or a parent listening with a child. My bad. But on a serious note, you're thinking the same thing, and you're totally with me. Like you're agreeing with me right now. You're just like. <laughs> If your wife's there, you're just like, gosh, I can't believe you cussed in front of my kid. And then you're thinking in the back of your mind, like, yeah, totally. I'd, yeah. yeah. With you. But seriously, like, the more I, like, think about it, and it's like, why don't I just start planning some duck trips, like, certain areas, and just, like, have three, two, three days of just amazing duck hunting and coming back. Like, 
make a trip to the Sandhills, make a trip to North Dakota, uh, you know, later season maybe going a little far south into Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. So it's like, why don't I do that instead of messing with the craziness? But I think that's like a important part of the beginning stages of learning to hunt. Like that, yes and like no. I find myself in this place where without this like deep struggle that it's been this year, and honestly, like last year a little bit, like, and I didn't duck hunt that much last year, but yeah. with last year, like just with it all, but it's made me appreciate the two birds we killed the other day. Yeah. Like, I was just like, wow, that's cool. And then eventually, once I'm out of college and I have a little more time and a little more funds, when I can go on cool hunts, when I can yeah. go do the things, I will have this, like, deep appreciation and, like, this really large want to. But if I just started doing that now, I could never hunt here. Yeah. I could never hunt here on a year like this. I wouldn't even attempt it, you know. Yeah. And I think that's an important piece of hunting in general is deer hunting. You go out there and you come back empty-handed so many nights yeah. but then eventually eventually that buck walks across your trail and that like 10 minutes from when you see him and you see him coming just close enough just into range and you get that shot and then you get that deer like that is what hunting is it's that that like hold on to it it's gonna happen and i'm over here just like hmm he's a decent sized buck all right yeah. let her rip yeah <laughs> yeah i don't know i i uh <laughs> But on a serious note, I guess something I connect with really well was like something on, it was, I think it was on Meat Eater and it's talking about how like, basically like there's cer certain people that are just, have a higher pain tolerance, that they're willing to do anything to go after what they want. And somebody that I connect with on that kind of level is that like, I look at Titus from Mid-Valley Mercenaries that like learned his craft so well that he was, he was successful at hunting public marshes in California, which are probably the most high-pressured, most hunted mm -hmm. um, duck marshes in the world. In the world. To the point where, I guess you could probably rival the Biomeda in Arkansas, but, like, one of the hardest hunted marshes in the world and then was able to take those same things that he learned at that marsh and now translate it to him going and hunting other places like Idaho. And just murks birds. Like, just yeah. murders birds. So, like, if you're able to hone your craft in, especially, like, your, your age, to where you're young, you have to be competitive, you have to work hard, and you have to have a high pay tolerance to get to where you can be successful. Yeah. And then be able to travel to North Dakota. Like, ducks do not stand a chance. And the reason I bring that up is, like, look at Jeremy. Like, went to Sand Hills, like, just murk birds because mm -hmm. they're dumb. Yeah. You call as they come in, like, decoy setup's good. Yeah. But you murk them. So, like, yeah, I think, like, every hunter needs to go through that trans transition stage because that makes you appreciate it more. Well, yeah, and also kind of, it's like the, you know, in, like, college where they have the weed out classes with, like, hard degrees. They have, like, the weed out. It feels like that's what this is. It's, like, that weed out portion in time where I decide whether I'm actually going to hunt or I'm going to, or I'm just going to go to the grocery store for the rest of my life. Like, it feels like it's that moment in my life. Uh, I would say so. Because it's, it's just been I don't brutal. know. Like, it's, it's 
brutal in a couple phases. Like you've you've picked the worst year in years that I have been hunting to pick to to start like getting serious about duck hunting. Yeah, <laughs> like I hate to say it, but like you picked the worst year. <laughs> oh yeah, Jeremy. Oh my gosh, being dramatic on me. Sorry. <laughs> No, I, but I like go from like a 2018 where if you even showed up to a marsh, like because every there was so much water, you didn't have to work, you didn't have to like most there weren't a lot of people in each marsh because they're so spread out and there's birds in every marsh. And then go to this year, you would just like hate hunting. Yeah, yeah. My very first year, like I think I shot like two ducks the whole season. Yeah, it was a very slow year. It was very similar to this dry. And then like I flipped the. Terrell, his first year duck hunting was 2018, 2019. <laughs> <Oof>. <laughs> he, I mean, right out the right out the gate, his very first hunt was an early teal season hunt. His last weekend, and we shot. There was three of us. Two of us shot. I shot my limit. My buddy, my other buddy, shot his limit, and Terrell shot, I think, four. But for his first hunt, like he could have had a limit, it just didn't work. Yeah. Um. I mean. And then it progressed into the best season <laughs> that I've ever had. Yeah. <laughs> and he was right there with me on a lot of those hunts. And, uh, yeah. Uh, he got a little spoiled that year. We killed we killed so many birds that year. And even the next year, we killed a lot of birds that year as well. Yep. And now it's kind of just been a little bit of a struggle bus and, you know, it just is kind of the way it is. Like, well, it's it's. I would say it's very hard, and like some of it is. If if I were free to go anywhere, like we'd probably be in North Dakota this week. Yeah, that <laughs> or back in the, back in the sand hills. Uh, pain, a lot of pain. Like I, I want to go back to the sand hills really bad again this year, but I just take B team with you. Oh, is he B team just got really excited. Like he just <laughs> perked up and was like, "I'm well, all about you know, it." <laughs> it's hard, man. School sucks. I know. I can't I've, like I've dedicate myself to anything because well, unless it's did, on the weekend. Well, that's if you really did it. What time's your last class on Friday? One thirty. See, at one thirty, you have all your stuff packed up at the door. Jeremy picks you up. Two o'clock. You drive five and a half hours. You're there at eight, so you get there. Like sundown, get your camp set up, yeah. hunt Saturday, scout, hunt Sunday, come home. But that's like also granted that I do not have any schoolwork to do. Well, you're driving back and forth. Friday, Saturday. Yeah. You could make it extent. work if you really wanted to make it work. Yeah, Plus, no. I'm going to tell you right now. I'm going to tell you right now. I have, I have not heard the density of pheasants anywhere in Nebraska than a spot in the sand hills. Yeah, no, I'm I'm actually if we want to go to the sand hills to hunt pheasant, I, I think I'm game. Like I think that I'll figure it out for that. Maybe we But you it, honestly if you tried to tell me let's go to the sand hills to hunt duck, I don't know if I'd go. Maybe Why? just cuz I know what it's going to take from me. What do you like mean? the entire week I'm going to have to be grinding schoolwork and then also like making sure I take care of everything that has to get done at the house and all that so then I can be gone for those three days without having any of that time. Because the weekends are like my catch-up time for everything. Yeah. 
They're, they're that backup time that I have saved and I try not to do much with. Yeah. And it takes so much to prepare myself to not have to do anything all weekend. But maybe we try I do it for and, pheasant. Maybe we try and go out there while he's on some kind of a break. Thanksgiving maybe, break? Uh, Thanksgiving would probably be too soon for him. I was thinking more like Christmas. Oh, for Hunter? Yeah. Yeah. I don't know, man. Do you think the pheasants will be picked through by then? Uh, yes and no. They're they're going to be hunted pretty hard. Like opening weekend, I'm sure they get hunted pretty hard. But you'd like I bet that area cools down pretty quick. With yeah, people. you get non-residents that come in because they're traveling to do it. If I yeah. were if I were to pick, I would do like late November, early December to go to South Dakota because it, it's going to be closer, and I have spots that I know of. Plus, we could stay at a house instead of camping. I don't know. I feel like camping oh, would be actually, cool, I but it's also going to be cold. I didn't think about the camping aspect in December. That is, wow, that would <laughs> be a little bit nice. Would, wait, 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 wait. We can, we can get the RV from Dave. I guess. Dave. I, that'd be a few mileage is going to eat. <laughs> a few mileage is going to eat to, like, the area you're camping in is very remote. Yeah. And of the roads out there are really rough. I don't think you know what that RV has seen. I'm not <laughs> saying that at all. I'm just saying I don't want to be the one that's responsible for the damage because of rough roads. <laughs> <laughs> no such thing. <laughs> but, so yeah, we could stay out of a house up there. That'd be nice. Yeah. But, okay. So I said Washington. You, you said Montana. Yep. You said Iowa, Nebraska, Nebraska, Iowa. I kind of get the Iowa thing, though. Yeah, for sure. I would do Iowa, but then yeah. I probably, like, if I really, like, I, the thing that tosses it up for me is that I just would love to be able to get something to work in my home state. Yeah, no, I completely get that. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> my biggest problem is this is, very as clear as day about eastern Nebraska. Dane had a massive buck on his property, just barely, like, maybe made it over the fence in his neighbor's shot. He's pretty sure a, that the neighbor's a shot. A 210 or 220-inch buck right over his fence line. Yeah. 210 and 220? 210 or, like, 200. It was between I, I, 210 and 220. I want to say it came in at 29 and something. So a two hundred inch hold, bow. Hold on. A two hundred inch bow. Hold on. What is the United? I think the United States record is like two fourteen. No, it's, it's nowhere close to it. The no. non or the the typical. Is it non typical or is it typical? It was a non typical. The non typical okay. record's like three oh three or something like that. Oh really? It it would have been the fourth in Nebraska. Oh no, kidding! Like it's that big. It's that. It big. was that big. But that's my. That is the <sighs> biggest problem I would have. Three thirty-seven oh, is the gross score of the non-typical. Yeah. So that. Oh my god. That is my biggest problem, just about deer in general, but especially. Oh in my <laughs> lord! That is a. That's a big boy. <laughs> all right. All right. I revoke yeah, my no, yeah. questioning. Yeah, no, the thing is, it was disgusting. So like, I, I want to say a 10-year-old shot it, so. Wait, wait, It was wait, a kid, wait. I'm pretty sure. Well, that's yeah. kind of cool, but that kid will never be able to hunt again and be satisfied. Oh, yeah. No. It ruins it forever. Yeah. That's the curse. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, when I shot that 5 by 6 I was, like, on top of the moon. Haven't deer hunted since. 
Sorry, buddy. Other than with a muzzleloader one time. Sorry, buddy. <laughs> but I'm going this year. But but I had to take a break. I just, yeah. Eh. Hard pass. I thought about it. Hey, I'm just saying, there is literally like 10 does down there. Okay, maybe. And four of them are are literally every night I get pictures of four or five does, and three of them are going to die in the next year. They are just so old. Like, no one touches them. I'll walk so a doe down there if you're trying yeah. to get rid of them. Well, it's not that I'm trying to get rid of them. He was just talking about trying to kill a doe earlier this year, and I was like, well, it would be the easiest thing of your life. You wouldn't even, We wouldn't have to set up a blind. You literally just sit on the tree line, and you wait till like 5 o'clock, and they will stumble out all happy as a day, send around through one of them. You will throw it on the four-wheeler, and we'll take it home sounds right like, over the hill. Sounds like my kind of hunting. It's oh literally like <laughs> 243. The two deer I've killed out there, I was on done. my phone. I was on my phone, and then I look up, and they're right there, and I just lean over, and I pulled the trigger. God, must be nice. It, it <laughs> says the guy even. who's been sitting in a tree stand and has opportunities a lot. I have not had a shooter buck pass me since the first time of my Well, I'm not talking about season. shooter buck. I'm just talking about deer in general. Yeah. You send me videos all the time of just, like, these deer just, like, uh, <laughs> I did that one little buck that I had in front of me the other night. I was like, it wasn't big enough for me to even think about shooting, but it just stood there. And I was like, why can't you be like, I don't know. What were you saying though? That some does are like blowing at you, or are they just blowing in general? Yeah, they were blowing it. I don't know if they were blowing at me or in general. Mm. But the well, first time I ever heard an actual buck grunt, it scared piss out of me i have never in all my years of deer hunting but i've never heard like a buck grunt it's cool it's Uh, cool i uh, it was on dane's property actually too i was hunting i was hunting well i was hunting with uh my buddy slater and uh i i I wasn't actually hunting i was just chilling with him yeah and we hear it and then it comes out of the tree line and you just see it grunt and it was cool crazy it was See, terrifying this is so my, cool this is my first year hunting the rut like hardcore yeah. so like that's what i'm super excited for is to yeah. learn those noises because it's one of those things like it's like a turkey drumming uh mm-hmm. you have to hear it before you know what it really sounds like yeah like you can hear it on videos you can hear it on like audio like but you want to hear but it. you have to hear it to tune your ears to it yeah and after i heard like uh i had a real sweet uh I want to say it was the bird that Dane ended up shooting was drumming an absolute storm this spring. And I remember hearing it and I was like, all right, well, I know what that sounds like now. Mm-hmm. And I, I, every time I have a bird around me, like I haven't gotten to the point where I can hear them like 60 yards out in the trees, but, yeah. uh, but I need to experience that with a deer. About the only noise I've ever really heard come out of a deer is that, Freaking death groan. <laughs> yeah. Uh, that'll, that'll make the hair stand up on the back of your neck. <laughs> I can't wait till I hear my first elk. Oh, Just God, it'll change a lot. Elk are cool. I can't wait. Oh, oh I'm so excited. It will, it'll change your life. I, I literally think about it all, not all the time, but whenever I'm thinking, I'm just like, man, that will be cool. It's just the amount of, like, Power, yeah. Just elk are such—they're probably one of the coolest animals in North America, 
if not, you could make a claim they are the coolest, and there's no, mm. I don't know, like what what's a cooler animal? Drake Mallard, baby. That, that a cooler animal? No, <laughs> do not. <laughs> they're 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 cool. They're pretty. Whatever. I they are don't not shake cooler your head than an elk. Not even a chance. And we're talking about native species here. You can't you can't get weird on me here, like with the exotics and Texas and stuff. But I don't know. Moose would be sweet too. I don't even know what moose sound like. Do oh. Either of you? Oh, is that it? That ass. <laughs> Just, oh, oh, <laughs> oh. <laughs> <laughs> like, that's sweet, dude. Okay, how close would you let a moose get to you before I've you call been it? Run over by a moose. When were you Not near a moose? Alaska. Me and my family oh, went on a sweet. trip when we were kids. We got a little too close to a mama and a calf. Oh, no. I fell down, too. I was <laughs> <laughs> I was really scared. Oh, man. It's probably part of the reason I'm afraid of cows, too. <laughs> I watched an hour and a half video. It, it's Bomar something oh, on Bomar YouTube. Hunting, yeah. Yeah. I wonder if he's getting it. I wonder if he's getting it. I heard that he, he's uh, pleading guilty now. What, he's in the court? Yeah. For what? Bomar's? Really? Yeah, he got wrapped up into that uh, guide that was killing uh, stuff out of season and all sorts and feeding deer and shooting them. Oh, really? I had not heard but, that. You know, yeah, look nonetheless, up. whether he was guilty or innocent, apart that he uh, has an hour-long video of him hunting a hippo with a bow. Yeah. Watch he, it. He is, he is. Watch it. It is the craziest video you will ever watch in your Something life. That I watch it not all the here. way through. Africa, but... All the way through. Uh, People get scared about lions and crap. No, no, hippos are it. No, it is. It. You will never be more scared of another animal in your life after you watch I'm that. Not, Just he. They spent forty-five minutes standing in the exact same position, staring at this thing in a standoff, and they they didn't want to move because it would chase, and they wanted to get it, and it was this. Old mature hippo, forty-five minutes just standing there, staring at it as it's staring at them. It is uh, Afri- nuts. Africa doesn't amuse me. No, I'm not saying I want to do it, but that video was crazy cool. No, I get it. I don't know. I don't know if I'd. Eh. Okay, dream hunt, really quick. We gotta wrap this up. I gotta go. But you gotta go. Yeah. Well. Next time you have me on the podcast, whenever that is, we'll finish the... Uh, we haven't even finished our dream property yet. Do we want to? That's fine. All right, let's finish it. All right, so if I was going to do it, if I was going to do it well, I mean, obviously, I would love as much property as possible. Sure. But I would have... I would probably have three three sections of... Stop. This is my dream. That's my dream. Oh, okay. okay. So I'd have three sections... Where I would have, like, obviously I'd have upland habitat. But I would have three main sections where I would have two hunting. And then one was just, like, a total reserve. And it would be right in the middle of the property. And then I would have one section, two sections that wrapped around it. That I would have just, like, different types of blinds set up. Um, in the middle, I would probably have more, like, smart weed or, like, natural cover. That way they can get some food in there, but they can't just stay there and eat and not have to go anywhere because then eventually they're just going to hang out there. And then I would do flooded cornfields all the way around. And I would build it to where I would cut it, but I would leave standing all the way around. That mm-hmm. way nobody could actually like see into it. That way mm-hmm. you can really get you just cut holes into it. 
and then cut holes that way. Like it's perfect cover for us. And I would do it in a way that I would just do natural. Like I would not have actual blinds. I would just do natural, like walk in and sit. Cause like I, I've hunted in blinds. I've hit it in pit blinds. I've hunted in stand up blinds. I've hunted like in anything you can basically think of. And there's nothing better than walking out with your buddies, having a sled, mm-hmm. sitting on a marsh chair and like just BSing and being a part of nature because I think blinds in a lot of ways, like you're trying to get out of nature, like not necessarily There's out, a out of the, there. Yeah. Like you're just in this box. Yeah, no, I agree. Actually. Don't get me wrong. I would probably have one or one blind just in case because up in the Pacific Northwest, you get rained off on a lot. Yeah. So on like super heavy rainy days, I would have it. But other than that, like it would just be natural because I just want to be a part of nature. And if you're too freaking lazy to walk in late sitting in a sitting out in corn, you don't need to hunt with me. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. That's that's actually a pretty solid point to the idea of like there is a disconnect with hunting in a blind versus just finding a spot where you can sit. Like Like are you are you hunting nature or are you trying to become one with nature? Yeah, like and that, I think that's like I was bringing up earlier about the mule deer thing. And, like, the thing that fascinates me about mule deer is going into the rugged mountains. Yeah. And spot and stalking a monster mule deer that you see three-quarters of a mile away. Yeah. On the other side of the ridge. And you have to work for two hours trying to get ahead of it to get one shot. Yeah. One shot. An opportunity. Like, to seize everything you ever wanted. Yeah. (laughs) That needs to be a download on this. Just... No, I just think like that's that's kind of the cool piece. Like that's the aspect where you where you kind of let go of the real world for a bit. Yeah, like you kind of find yourself at peace and at a different level. Because I think I think a lot of people I hate to say this, but I think a lot of people lie to themselves. Like I think there's a lot of aspects of like hunters that talk about enjoying hunting, but really they just want to kill. Like they enjoy yeah. killing, and I'm. I'm not trying to say that in a sense of like morality because I get it because I love killing things, but <laughs> my piece is nature. Yeah. yeah, like that's I'm I'm trying to be a bar a part of jo- or God's creation, not just. No, I completely agree. I've hunted with people like that, and uh, some of them I don't hunt with anymore. Yeah, no, there I've definitely hunted with people that are like, uh, why don't we just use a four wheeler and go drive around all these places. Hey, hey, I, hey, 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 hey. No, no, I'm not hey, talking, I'm not talking hey, gravel hey, before we <laughs> What I'm trying to say is maybe that's why I like pheasant so much. Because you you literally just walk. Like, you have a dog, you have you, you got a gun, and you got to walk. Yeah. There's no other option. You walk as long. That one day where they let those pheasants out and we walked a mile in the back corner without a single bird coming out and walked all Bruh. the way back. But looking back on that, like that 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 was way that better. That ain't nothing compared yeah. to like I'm talking like, like South Dakota. I like, yeah. I in one weekend we I think we traveled like twenty five miles. Yeah. Between a, like a Friday I have uh, evening Friday, Saturday and Sunday hunt. Don't get me wrong, by Sunday your hip flexors toast. Yep. But like there ain't nothing better Bruh. than like I, I would say obviously I have, I have like levels of hunts, but like one of my top five is like walking back into the lodge after walking like 
14 miles and then walking with a limit of pheasants. Yeah, no, that's... And then I, the beauty of pheasant hunting, and this is one of the best things I love about pheasant hunting, is like ducks, you know, you like to put water, whatever, like deer, you have to clean them like pheasants. I'm going to go cut it up, throw it some olive oil, salt and pepper, and I'm going to eat it that night. Yeah. Like there ain't nothing better than like fresh pheasants. I completely agree. And it's like... It's like one of those like... You know, you see those stupid YouTube videos like catch, clean, cook. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but That's you, stupid. They're kind of cool. Some of them are. I think they're a little overdone at this point. But Yeah. At first it had good intentions and now it's just trying to be cool. Yeah. Or trying to know. do something different. I've but seen like, some dope recipes. Oh, I do, I see that's the thing I love about meat eaters. Like, yeah, it's not I, just hunting; it's it's connected directly with what he's gonna do with it. I can get behind the people that do that, you know, trying to make some cool recipes. But a lot of people are like, oh, "Catch, clean, cook." Oh my gosh, they did poppers for the eight thousandth yeah. time on yeah. YouTube. Yeah, no, no, no. no. <laughs> like the next time we uh, honestly, we should just do this one night. Uh, we'll round up. You guys, you guys have duck. I obviously don't have much for duck. Um, do you guys have any duck in your freezers? I have yeah. a little bit left. I've been actually eating quite a bit lately. Okay, well. I made that duck here. chili that Jordan made. Pretty soon here. Hopefully we'll get some more. We got to make duck meatballs. I've never heard of it, but it sounds good. They, I, they were on a catch, clean, cook, and they looked so good. I was like, wow, that's yeah. a genius idea. I have a grinder at my house. Let's I don't know it. how duck... Duck meatballs seems like uh, something that wouldn't work. I think they mixed them with uh, 25% bacon. Okay. Something say. like that. It's, it's, it's not that fat aspect. It's that like meatballs is kind of something that you have to cook to the point where it's solid. It can't like if you undercook it, it'll fall apart and duck it, can't be overcooked. Yeah. I don't. I mean. They did but it. If, if it's mixed with something to get rid of that. Yeah. Like over creechy, yeah. <laughs> like I love duck, I do, but <laughs> yeah, you can't. You, you can tell, you can tell when you've overcooked a duck because yep. it just uh, tastes like you're licking a fire, uh, a frying pan. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, have you? I don't think you had any of that. I made some barbecue goose, barbecue oh pole goose. <laughs> I'm talking, dude, like. Ski rumptious, mm. really? Oh my goodness! I really, I've done it like really three times. Smoke. Since. I, I want to smoke a full goose. Like it, I would say a rival is a lot of like pulled pork. Pulled pork. Really? Yeah. yeah. Really. How long did it take you to make it? Like twelve hours, maybe. Yeah. But just, it, just mean, long cook it, turn it super tender. Yeah, you got to go slow and low. Yeah. Low and slow. Yeah. No, I uh, I really do want to try and cook, uh, smoke a whole goose. Once goose season comes around, Ugh. I want to. He wants to pluck a whole goose and then smoke it. I started water. plucking uh, some of my, you know, more desirable ducks this year. Yeah. Because Matt's been doing it, and I've always wanted to do it, but he he gave me a few recipes even, and so far, you know, plucked duck. You get a good duck. It kind of has more of a beefy Makes flavor because well, that fat. You leave that skin on it. Yeah, you leave yeah. the skin on the fat. I just like the. I want to try the recipe of spatchcocking. Oh I, you, yeah, you know I, I do too. But bad. like, I want to try it. But my problem is, is like, I, I don't like. I, I love deer meat, elk meat, turkey meat, duck meat. Doesn't matter. Fish. If I find a bone of any kind in my food, you just can't. 
I, I, I almost refuse to eat trout anymore because yeah. they've got the little cartilage bones. No, I don't like those. And even then, like, what about like a drumstick, like a KFC? But see, that that like chicken, like chicken legs and wings. Yeah, I'll eat them, but I'm just like not, <laughs> not mad about it because uh, so you get head, boneless wings. Yeah, because mm-hmm. I get I get saucy nugs, hundred percent. Same, but um. <laughs> Because I don't, <laughs> I don't like the tendons or the bone. I, I don't, I don't know. I, I'll eat them. I'm not saying that like I'm out on it completely. But my worry with spatchcock is that like I, the breastplate. If like you got one that was like shattered, but you couldn't tell, like you just ended up with a piece of just that breastbone. Well, I don't. I would. I would spatchcock it, make it, and then I would cut it up. And then and cut it up. And then only, like, eat the parts that I really wanted. Oh, well, I mean, if you're doing that. Well, I, I'd probably do it just like a Thanksgiving turkey or something. But that's you why. You make it, and then you cut it up, put it on your plate, like, put the put the solid pieces on your plate. Yeah. <laughs> that's why I just wouldn't, I don't know. I, I saw a video the other day of some guy who saves all the legs from his ducks. <laughs> why? Well, he just Oh, you oh, you mean like puts them in the freezer for eating. Yeah. Ah. He wants to he wants to save that meat and eat it and I'm like That's I, a lot of tendons. It's a lot of tendon, it's a lot of work and on top of that like again, because it's duck, you have to like cook it just right and like legs and wings if I it for me it, I feel like it would be something that would be unappealing if I bit into a wi- leg or a wing. And it was not cooked all the way through because of just, you know, the use being used to like chicken. Yeah. That like if you don't cook all the way through, yeah. you're going to have a pad. You're going to end up with salmonella or something. You have to go to the bathroom a lot. Um, hey, poopy pants. Yeah. So I, it's. I honestly think we need to smoke a full. We need to smoke a couple duck. A full goose. If you want to, buddy, like you go for it, and I will let you eat it. But ten hours, you, yeah. you might, like, you might have I to, want it on there for forever. But so, so I don't know, cold. man. You have to be very careful about not sucking all the moisture out of it. Oh no, I'm gonna do, be, I'm gonna be in there every thirty minutes, giving it a nice lathering. <laughs> it's gonna, it's gonna be the full shebang. This is either gonna be really good or awful, Dry and I can't decide. Hell. No, it's gonna <laughs> so, be incredible. I'm gonna put, effort, I'm gonna. Soak that thing in some sort of brine, something for a couple days before I just, it. I am going me. to prep this to you, where it feels like you are eating heaven. Because it, the hard part is, man. Like it's like, when it comes to duck and ducks and geese, man. They can go from perfect to dry uh-huh. and rubber in about two point two seconds. Yeah, it's it's crazy how quickly a duck or goose can dry out, and it's, it's just like, yeah. Uh, I think Aww. I got it. It's like it's like Dakota and I just like. Uh, yeah, thanks. <laughs> I think I think I think we'll have it. I think it'll be fine. Okay, I think I'm it's gonna be awesome. Hey, you make it. I'll try it. I'm all, I'm I'm always game to try something. Yeah, I'll bring the smoker over sometime. Well, yeah, I'll bring it over and we'll just have a chill day. That's fine. There's beer be in the fun. fridge. I'll be watching a baby, so I don't think I'm going anywhere. Yeah, that's true. You know what? I'm going to cook it at my house so that I can take a nap while I'm cooking it. <laughs> and then, <laughs> and then <laughs> when it's done, I'll bring it over. Does Kelsey want to babysit? <laughs> uh, I'm sure. 
Perfect. She's babysitting here. No. And in this household, she's babysitting here. That's a no. Or else I'm sleeping in that Uh, crib. (laughs) If that baby's in my house, I'm sleeping in that crib. That's a no for me, bro. I guess you have a guest bed, don't you? Never mind. Yes. Uh, Okay, cool. Guest bedroom. That'll work. That, that Dane is apparently too cool to sleep in. I feel like I feel like this house is big <laughs> enough that you could get away from a crying baby. Like it, like if I wanted to, like mm. I could get away from a crying baby. I feel like my house, no. no. No matter where that thing is crying, you're gonna hear it, and there's no. Yeah, I would away. say if like if you're in one room and you're across the like the house, you could probably get away with it. You probably kind of hear it, but you'd be all right. But I hear my dog crying when I'm in the kitchen table and she's in my bedroom. There's just no, there's nothing in my house. You're done. I just want to get the basement finished off, but I don't know when that's going to happen. Yeah. It'll get done. Yeah. Sometime. I kind of like it. I don't know. Just leave it. No. Just bring in furniture. No. I don't know. <laughs> no. I think it's kind of cool. <laughs> Pass. No. Well, you know, once Ava decides to start dating, um, you know, she won't be having any, like, boys around because you know you just halfway walk down the stairs it's like oh when i first moved to lincoln i i like no money to my name nothing and i lived in a basement of a hat like a place oh, I, remember. Smaller I, remember than this. That. I remember that and i moved in and it was i lived in an unfinished space in yeah. the basement yeah no i remember that because i was i yeah Unfinished space, man. That's where I started. Yeah, I actually went over there quite that's a bit. That's where you. That's where you remember. start the grind, baby. I can eat sixteen dollars in a dream living <laughs> in an unfinished basement. <laughs> hey, <laughs> gotta start somewhere. One day at a time, one duck at a time. Now we're back in an unfinished basement. <laughs> yeah, right. Doing a podcast. Isn't that you know I listened to a podcast nice the other day, <laughs> and it was uh. I can't. I can't think of know how to say his name. Last name is Lee Kios. He's like a historic. Look him up. He's like a historic uh, <laughs> waterfowler. Made boss shot shells. Is she asleep over there? In the <laughs> she's been. Over, <laughs> Do you she's see been, where my dog. She's <laughs> been over there for forty five minutes. Not even kidding. Forty five minutes. I saw her lay down and cuddle with all the clothes. She cuddled, she moved some around, and she's been sleeping there for 45 minutes. That's awesome. I was wondering where she went. I'm yeah. like, I, I think she's sleeping she's upstairs. I just, I just saw the black blob. I was like, oh my goodness. Yeah. No, she cuddled up. She's been there for 45, just yes. chilling. Uh, enjoying she knows it. what's up. Yeah. She does but that with my clothes, Look up Lee uh, Kios, and uh, he's like a historic waterfowler. He, may, he was one of the... Guys that really got on board with Boss and got it going on the marketing side. Oh. Um, he's done, like, marketing for his, all the big companies, pretty much all the big ones. But he was talking about how the fact that, like, him and his wife, like, started from nothing. They got an apartment in the city, had no money, and, like, had to sleep on their clothes. Yeah. And, like, he's like, now he's like, you know what? He's like, I would gladly be back and broke He's like, be in poverty again. He's like, don't get me wrong, I'd like to be in my 20s again. But he's like, just like how simple life was at that point. Mm-hmm. There have been just so like many people have told me that. How, how beautiful that stage of life is. Yeah, I've, I've come to find, because I get in my head daily about if I just dropped out and chased whatever dream I could find. 
like whatever dream came to mind, yeah. whether I took a online coding program for three months, just grinded for three months, yeah. lived on what I have in my bank account for three months, and then tried to figure something out. Or whatever. I get in my head about that all the time. But then I realize what my actual aspirations in life require. Are gonna, are, uh, it ideal, I kind of need a degree to, to, pr- to protect myself a little bit. So I'm like, I should, I should stick through. I'm already here for three years, so I might as well stick well, it through. It's one thing, especially since your lovely parents are... Yeah, like I, I am in a way different situation than... <laughs> pretty much everyone I know. Difference between that and like taking on $100,000 a day. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But where this all, uh, I may have lost my train of thought to a certain extent. Um, But grinding. Yeah. I've come back to the assumption that I have to find a way to try and like love every day that I'm doing it. Like every day, I got to be a little more present. I got to pay attention a little better and just be like, you know what? Where I'm at right now is not that bad because you're one step closer to being where you want to be in ten years, like one step closer. I think and you're dealing with like every college student. Oh yeah, I think everyone goes through it. I, the point where you say fuck it. Yeah, no, I struggled really, really hard. Actually, it's what made me. And I I did end up dropping out of co- college, but yeah. I I I had <laughs> in about six months I changed what I wanted to do three times. Yeah. And then I was like, I should probably not keep going because I'll just waste money without knowing what I want to do. Now I'm taking over my dad's business. Yeah. Well, I think I think it kind of all sorts itself out because you don't. Like, mm-hmm. I did. I never in a million years would have sat back and been like, oh yeah, I think software engineering's the move for Drake. <laughs> until this year, yeah. you know, like this year. But taking this one coding class and doing the things, I was like, wow, this is cool. You know, this is kind of where yeah. I'm going to be. Yeah. So, you know. Yeah, I don't know. One duck at a time. Yeah. Quack. One duck at a time. I like that. Can I get a neon sign of that as well? If we get 2,000? 2,000. <laughs> if you get 2,000. B-team sure. and one duck at a time. Neon signs. All right. They can be... They can't be matching color, though. They have to be... They have They're to not matching color. Yeah, They'll it's got to be, like, like matching font. So, like, yes, together, yes, yeah, but, yeah. like... But they stand out from each other. Orange and purple. Okay. (laughs) Everyone, please just tell, like, go steal your mom's phone for, like, it appears to be an hour and 35 minutes and just play it. Just, just steal everyone's phone you can. (laughs) Do it. And hit, you want to, you want to rate and review as well. Yeah. Yeah. You don't have to, but that would be great. Do the nice stuff. I mean, if you're already going to commit theft, you might as well, like, yeah, no, that's fair. Yeah, you don't even have to steal it. You can just borrow it. You know, that's that's fine too. You can steal it if you want, but I am not liable. I am not liable. Keep me out of it. Um, but I, yeah, just a thousand. That's all we're looking for. Two thousand though, I get two neon signs. So. Oh my gosh. All right, everybody. I appreciate you guys uh, listening. We kind of got off track, but I think those are the best podcasts anyway. So I appreciate you guys listening. And uh, well, one duck at a time, guys. One duck at a time. Quack.